Well, here we are just driving down the road in Moscow, Russia, and I'm so thankful for a GPS because we need to turn around. We went the wrong direction. But the good news is when you have GPS, it helps you recalculate. And that makes me think about the leading of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in John 16, verse 13, Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you. The Holy Spirit is like our GPS, but we have to trust him. It's amazing. This GPS is so accurate, and if we make a mistake, it will recalculate to get us back on track. And that's what happens when we listen to the Holy Spirit. And if you feel like you've messed up, well, listen to the Holy Spirit because he'll recalculate and he'll help you get back where you need to be. And that is what I'm going to talk to you about today. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Welcome to today's program. My name is Rick Renner, and my friend, today we're beginning a brand new series called Recalculating. As I told you in the stand-up to today's program, when you get off track, if you'll listen to the Holy Spirit, He'll help you recalculate, and that's what this entire series is about. The subtitle says, How to Get Back on Track If You've Messed Up Along the Way, and the truth is we all mess up along the way, and when we mess up, we need to know how to recalculate. You know, we all carry our mobile phones these days, and in our mobile phones, we have GPS, or we have them in our cars, and we trust GPS. It tells us where to drive. It shows us what to avoid. If there's been a catastrophe or an accident that we need to avoid or how to find the fastest route to get where we're going. And isn't it amazing how we just depend on the GPS and obey it explicitly. And it's just a telephone. But inside us, we have the Holy Spirit, who is the ultimate GPS. He knows everything that is in front of us. And if we'll listen to him, he will guide us. And that's what I'm going to show you today. And we're going to see an example from the life of Jesus, that Jesus himself trusted the leadership of the Holy Spirit. But I want you to order the series called Recalculating. And if you've messed up, you can get back on track. And this series comes with a wonderful study guide. And today we're offering you my book called The Will of God, The Key to Your Success, Positioning Yourself to Live in God's Supernatural Power, Provision, and Protection. My friend, this book is full of revelation. It will amaze you. And today only, this book is yours for free. If you'll give us a call or reach out to us right now, we will send you this book as a gift from our ministry to you because we want you to be in the will of God and position yourself to live in God's supernatural power, provision, and protection. And it's free today only. And please remember that we're here to pray for you, and we want to pray for you. So reach out to us by giving us a call, or you can send us your email. And the moment we hear from you, we're going to get into agreement with you because Jesus said in Matthew 18, 19, if two of you shall agree as touching anything on earth, I will do it. And we will get into agreement with you, and Jesus will respond, and he'll move in your life. 
but let us know how to pray. So call us right now. We're waiting for the telephone to ring or send us your email. And the moment we get your email, we're going to begin to really pray for you. But hey, reads for your Bible. And today we're going to begin in John chapter 16, where Jesus made a remarkable statement about the leadership of the Holy Spirit in our life. And then I'm going to demonstrate to you from Scripture that Jesus himself trusted the leadership of the Holy Spirit. But in John chapter 16, verse 13, Jesus said, Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you. He will guide you. But before I get into that verse, I also want to quote Psalm 19, verse 13, which I have found to be so very important about us getting off track. Listen to what it says. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. I've learned from my own experience that when I act without praying or I act without being led, or maybe the Holy Spirit's leading me to do one thing, but I do something else, I act in presumption. It creates a mess in my life that takes dominion over me. <laughs> it's just a mess that you have to walk out of better to be led by the Spirit. And David understood this and he said, keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. And my friends, God wants us to be accurately led from the very beginning. And that leads us back to John chapter 16, verse 13, where Jesus said, how be it when he, the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you. Jesus was speaking to his apostles about the ministry of the Holy Spirit in John 14, 15, and 16. And now when we come to John 16, verse 13, he begins to describe the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And he says, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, that is the third time in three chapters that Jesus has referred to the Holy Spirit as the spirit of truth. And this is so important. Jesus was trying to drive it into us that we can trust the Holy Spirit. He is not the spirit of error. He is not the spirit of deception. He'll never mislead you. He is the spirit of truth. What he says to you, you can bank on it to be true. And Jesus said, how be it? When he, the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you. And that word guide is the Greek word hodega, a word that can only be used one way. And so in this verse, it only has one possible interpretation. This word guide, the Greek word hodega, was the word used to describe a tour guide who leads you on an excursion. For example, if you go to an ancient site, you don't know the site. You don't know what to see. You don't know what's interesting. You don't know what's boring. You know what is the best route or the worst route to take. But a guide knows it all because the guide has been there. He knows the sights. He knows what you need to see. He knows what is the best route for you to take. And if you'll trust your guide, you will have a very enjoyable experience. That's the word which Jesus now uses to describe the leadership of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And friends, it means... The Holy Spirit has been out front. He knows everything in front of your life. He knows every trap the enemy has set for you. He knows the safest route. He knows the fastest route. He knows the most pleasurable route. And if you will let the Holy Spirit be your guide, he will give you an amazing experience. And Jesus says, if you'll trust him, he's the spirit of truth. He will guide you on a fabulous excursion in life.
That is amazing to me. The Holy Spirit, my friend, is trustworthy. And Jesus demonstrated this beginning in John chapter 11, verse 1. So go there in your Bibles to John chapter 11, verse 1, where the Bible says, Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. This word sick, a form of the Greek word asthenio, but here it means he was ailing. He was really, really sick. He was caught in this sickness. It depicts one that is frail in his health, someone so physically weak that he's unable to travel. It carries the idea of one that is feeble, fragile, faint, incapacitated, disabled, in such poor health that it's unthinkable that he could be transported. And in fact, it could even carry the idea of one that is shut in or homebound. That is how sick Lazarus was. And verse 2 says, It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment, and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. That word sick is again this word asthenia, which means incapacitated. He was shut in. He was homebound, very, very frail. And the Bible tells us in verse 3, Therefore his sisters sent unto Jesus, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. But notice the Bible says, therefore his sisters sent, the word sent is a form of the Greek word apostello. The word apostello means to send a message by a messenger or to dispatch a message, a message that you are needed very, very urgently. So now they've dispatched a messenger to where Jesus is. The messenger has come with an urgent message. Lord, we need you. We need you to come quickly. Why? Saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. And the word saying is a form of the Greek word lego, but here it's lego sin. It means saying and saying and repeatedly saying. They were really appealing to Jesus, telling him and telling him, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. And notice that in this verse, they call him Lord. The Greek word kurie, which is the direct form of the word kurios, which means Lord, supreme master. They were recognizing Jesus' ultimate authority that he could change any situation. And they knew if Jesus would urgently come, Jesus could remedy the whole situation. And they also said, behold. The word behold is the Greek word edu, which carries the idea of bewilderment, shock, amazement, wonder. They were shocked that Lazarus was so sick. No one anticipated this, which implies this was a sickness that took them all by surprise. And they said, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. Even the word lovest is so very important because it is a form of the Greek word phileo, a word that has many different facets, including the ideas of fondness, friendship, or love. It depicts very cherished friends. It expresses the idea of deep affection, to have an affinity for someone. It is a cherished friend or a companion. Now they're appealing to Jesus and they're saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest, the one that you have such an affinity for, he is sick. And this word sick, again, a form of the Greek word asthenio, he is incapacitated, frail, feeble, shut in, homebound, right on the edge of death. And Lord, behold, this sickness has taken us all by surprise. But you're the Lord, and if you come quickly, you can take care of it all because you'll take it all under your command. But then in John 11, verse 5, the Bible says, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and 
Lazarus. But do you see the word now at the beginning of this verse? In Greek, it is the word day. It means categorically, emphatically. It is used as an exclamation marker, drawing attention to the fact that Jesus really, really loved them. It could be translated now categorically, emphatically. Jesus loved Martha and her sister, and he really loved Lazarus. Verse 6. Wherefore, when he heard that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Now, friend, this is very, very unusual because Jesus had the power to deliver Lazarus from this sickness that was so critical. But rather than urgently respond, he abode in the same place two full days. No one would have anticipated that. Why didn't Jesus immediately go? Well, let's find out. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, the word that, the Greek word hoti, it's pointing to something very important. When he heard, wow, that he was really, really sick, he abode still two days in the same place where he was. And again, this was not what anyone anticipated. They all thought that Jesus would quickly respond and would go. But when the Bible says he abode, the Greek says, then indeed he abode. A better translation would be, and listen carefully to this, regardless, indeed, he stayed put. Hmm. They all thought he would quickly go, but the Greek means regardless, indeed, he stayed put. You could translate it, regardless, indeed, he did not move. Or you could translate it, regardless, indeed, he did not budge. Jesus stayed put. He did not move. He did not budge. In fact, the Bible says he didn't budge for two days. Two days in Greek describes two full 24-hour days or 48 hours. He abode still in the same place. The Greek says in tope, in the same place, in the same geographical location. He stayed put in the same place. He didn't move. He did not budge even though he had been informed urgently that his friend Lazarus was on the verge of death. Then when you come to John chapter 11, verse 7, the Bible says, then after that, the Greek says, then precisely after this, referring to the two 24-hour days or 48 hours, then after that saith he to his disciples, let us go again into Judea, verse 8. And his disciples say unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? But notice in this verse, it says, his disciples say unto him. The word disciples in Greek is the word methetes. It means students, pupils, or learners. And it was the job of methetes, disciples, to learn and not to debate with their master. So this was very, very unusual. But they were so disturbed at what Jesus was about to do that now they begin to implore him and say, Lord, what in the world are you doing? This was very unusual for disciples to speak to their master like this. But they knew something, and they were reminding Jesus of it. His disciples say unto him, and the word say in Greek, the form means they were saying and saying and saying and saying one after another. One begin to say, another begin to say, all of them begin to say and say, Lord, do you not understand? Lord, have you forgotten? They're all appealing to him. And notice they call him master. The word master in Greek is the word rabbi. 
It describes a masterful teacher, the great one, the one with ultimate authority. And now the pupils are reminding the master, hey, Lord, have you forgotten the Jews of late have been trying to stone thee? And in fact, when it says of late, it is the Greek word noon, which means right now, precisely at this moment, they are looking for a way to stone thee and stoning thee refers to the act of killing him. And in fact, they said they have of late sought. The word sought is a form of the Greek word zetea, which means to search, to seek, to look very intensely. It denotes an earnest and thorough searching to search for something thoroughly and exhaustively. They were combing the country, trying to figure out where Jesus was, and they could not find him. And he says, Lord, their intention is to stone thee. To stone in Greek, the word lithazo, which means to pelt with stones or to stone to death by crushing the head. And then they asked, and goest thou thither again? You've got to be kidding. You're going to go there knowing all of this? And when they say goest thou thither again, the Greek literally means you're being led there. That's what it means. You're being led there. Or you could translate it, you are being directed to Go there. Jesus was being led by the Holy Spirit. And then when you come to verse 9, Jesus answers them and says, Are there not 12 hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbles not because he sees the light of the world. Now, this is a very unusual verse, but Jesus here is really describing being led by the Holy Spirit, walking in the light that the Holy Spirit gives. And look at what he says in this verse. If any man walk in the day, the word walk, a form of the Greek word peripatel, which means to walk around, to stroll. The word day refers to the first 12 hours of the day where there is light. If any man walk or strolls in the day, he stumbles not. And this word stumble is really important because it means he does not stumble. He does not trip. He doesn't experience an assault or some kind of a strike or a hit against him. Why? Because he's walking in the light. And because he's walking in the light, he can see where he's walking. He doesn't trip. He doesn't stumble. Strikes and assaults are not being made against him. And Jesus says, because he seeth the light of this world, the word because, the Greek word hote, Jesus says expressly because, why? He sees the light of the world. The word light here is the Greek word phus. It describes something that enlightens one's path. Or Jesus says, if you walk in the light, you're not going to trip. You're not going to stumble. Strikes and assaults are not going to be made against you because you're going to be walking in a light that enlightens your path. But then he said in verse 10, but if a man walk in the night, he stumbles because there's no light in him. The word but is the Greek word day, which means categorically, emphatically. Now, Jesus is drawing attention to what happens if you don't walk in the light, but you walk in the darkness. But if a man walks in the night, and the word night here is the Greek word nukte, it describes those hours of the day that are dark. And of course, if you walk in the dark, you're going to stumble. And that's what Jesus says. But if any man walk in the night, he stumbleth. And this word stumbleth means he stumbles. He trips. He experiences an assault. He experiences strikes against him because, and this word because, again, the Greek word hote, emphatically because there is no light in him to guide him. Here Jesus 
is talking about walking in the light as opposed to walking in the darkness. And you have to remember that Jesus taught in John 16, verse 13, that the Holy Spirit is a guide. If we will listen to the Holy Spirit, He will be our tour guide. He knows what is in front of us. He'll give us the light of where we are to walk, what we are to do, when we are to stay put. And Jesus had stayed put because that was the light given to Him by the Holy Spirit. But suddenly, He's being led now to go. In fact, the disciples acknowledged that when they said, Lord, now you're going to go there, thither again. The Greek means now you're being led there. Now you're being directed there. And Jesus says, that's the light that I've been given by the Holy Spirit at this moment. And then he says in verse 11, these things saith he, and after that he saith unto them, our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Verse 12, then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. Verse 13, Howbeit, Jesus spake of his death, which is the Greek word thanatos. Here it describes physical death. But they thought that he had spoke of taking rest in sleep. Verse 14, then Jesus said unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. The word dead here means he's already in a state of decay. Then verse 15, Jesus makes this amazing statement. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there. Now, that's an amazing statement. Why is he glad? Well, first of all, when he says, I'm glad, it's a Greek word, Cairo, which means I'm really rejoicing. I am so thrilled for your sakes that I was not there. I was not there means especially that I was not there. And what we find is the Jews thought that Jesus would come. They were expecting him to come. And when he arrived, their intention was to stone him and to kill him and probably to do something horrible to his disciples as well. But Jesus didn't show up. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit told him to stay put. Even Jesus had to follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. I'm sure that naturally speaking, his emotions wanted to go because word had been sent to him urgently that Lazarus was on the verge of death, but he stayed put. He didn't budge. He didn't move for two days. And suddenly there was a release in his spirit. He had light from the spirit. Now we can go. And he said to his disciples, let's go. They even acknowledged he was being led and he was being directed. And Jesus said, I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there. We don't know why, but something was awaiting them. Perhaps the Jews would attempt to stone them. And even if Jesus had escaped, it may have created real trouble for the apostles. And Jesus said, for your sakes, it's very good that we didn't go. And this is such a demonstration that Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit. But suddenly when he had light, he had freedom in his spirit. He could go. That was the light he was walking in. And my friends, if we will listen to the Holy Spirit, he will enlighten our path when we're to move, when we're to stay put, when we're to go, when we are not to budge. He will show us what to do every step along the way in life. He will give us the light that we need, just like he did for Jesus. Remember, he is your guide. I'll be back in just a moment, and I want to pray for you. When we're driving down the road on our way to a destination, sometimes we can get lost. But with the help of a GPS, we're able to quickly get back on track and avoid catastrophes along the way. How did we ever live before the days of GPS? 
But even better than GPS, we have the Holy Spirit inside, and He is the best GPS that ever existed. If you feel you've gotten off track and lost your way, the Holy Spirit knows exactly how to help you recalculate to get back on track again. In this five-part series, Recalculating, How to Get Back on Track If You've Messed Up Along the Way, Rick Renner covers Jesus' example of trusting the leadership of the Holy Spirit, learning to listen to the Holy Spirit, six signals to help you be led by the Holy Spirit, five points to help keep you on track, available in digital or physical formats starting at just $10. This series will help you learn how to get back on track and stay on track. And today only, the book, The Will of God, The Key to Your Success, is available as our free gift to you. Just call the number on your screen or visit renner.org. Free, today only, when you call or go online to request it. In this book, Rick will show you step-by-step how to identify God's will and how to get started on the path to fulfill it. Get the book, The Will of God, The Key to Your Success, for free today. And don't miss this powerful teaching series. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Hey, friends and partners, this is Rick Renner. You can probably see my breath because it's minus nine here right now, but I'm standing in the new building for our Moscow TV studio, and I want to say thank you to you for all of your sacrificial giving, for being a part of our giving team. Phase one enabled us to construct this building and it is completely paid for. The building itself, the windows, the doors, all the way to the roof, even the heating system. And in phase one, we were enabled to purchase our building in Tulsa and now we have secured it. But now in phase two, we need to finish the interior of this building. We can't move into it the way that it is today. But my friends, in a very short time, we're going to have cameras working in this building and from this location, we're going to be sending teaching that people can trust to the ends of the planet. And the focus of phase two is finishing this facility. And as I told you before, it's not about buildings. It's about having a building so that we can create programming that will change people's lives. And I'm asking you to please pray about being a part of the giving team to finish phase two, which is completing the interior of this building. And I promise you, we will be so careful with every penny and every dollar you give. We understand the value of money. And we're going to pray for God to magnificently and massively multiply your giving back to you again. Thank you so much. Please become a part of our giving team to finish phase two as we complete the interior of the Moscow TV studio. Thank you for being with me today. I'm offering you my brand new series called Recalculating, how to get back on track if you've messed up along the way. We all mess up along the way, but the good news is God doesn't punish us. He's given us the Holy Spirit to help us recalculate, just like you trust the GPS in your phone or in your car. If we will listen, the Holy Spirit will help us recalculate so we can get back on track. And that's what this entire series is about. And it comes with a study guide. And today we're offering you for free, today only, my book, which is called The Will of God, The Key to Your Success. The subtitle says, Positioning Yourself to Live 
in God's supernatural power, provision, and protection. And my friends, we're offering it today for free, but today only. So please be sure to reach out to us right now to get your copy. And you can order all of these things by going online or by giving us a call. And please let us know how to pray for you. When we hear from you, we will release our faith for God to move mightily in your life. And I want to pray for you right now. Just put your hand on your heart. Father, we thank you that you've given us the leadership of the Holy Spirit, who is the Spirit of truth. Help us to trust him and allow him to lead us. We thank you for this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for being with me. Remember, tomorrow we're going to see how you can be led by the Holy Spirit. I'll see you then. But until then, remember Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there is power.